In the words of Led Zeppelin, yes, there are two paths you can go by, but in the long run, there's still time to change the road you're on. And this is the Fat Man Chronicles. Welcome to episode 154 of the Batman Chronicles. I think it's 154. Uh, chapter 24 of FMC Run Chicago. <laughs> Nine weeks till the race. We're in single digits. I'm Pete, and with me is my buddy Dave, and we are two middle-aged dads just trying to figure things out. How are you, buddy? Wonderful, Pete. How are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. Can I start out the show with a controversy, which you won't be surprised by? All right. Let's go. Led Zeppelin is maybe one of my top five least favorite bands of all time. That's okay. I mean, there, there's... Look, my wife doesn't like Nirvana, so I, yeah. I have to live with a lot, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a very fitting quote for today. It is a fitting quote. I like the quote. I don't like the band. I mean, it's you. You don't have to like. I mean, you're you're. I think you're a lot pickier about bands probably than I am. I I'm pretty good with most things. So I don't know. Did we talk about like nails on a chalkboard bands? Like no, we've we've never gone over that. All right. So what? So is Led Zeppelin like? If you got your top three, like I just can't stand them. Like Beatles. Beatles. Okay. Aerosmith and the Rolling Stones. So anything that started in the 60s, basically, yeah, I'm in stand. Yeah, I like, um, well, my first introduction to music was Kiss by my sister. So I really went like that. And when I was in seventh grade, like uh, Def Leppard, High and Dry. So I really went all in to like 80s hair band. And I really wasn't in the music at all before that. Like if you ask me, um, like growing up when I was young, young, <laughs> sorry, um, any music that I really listened to, I couldn't tell you. It was just like The Loop and Jonathan Brandmeier and Steve, Steve and Gary. And that, like I like talk much better than music growing up. I listen to Art Bell a lot. You know, remember Art Bell? Yes. <laughs> if that explains anything that explains about a lot me. about you actually <laughs> um, coast to coast with art bell um, yep and i still have this massive covid cough so i apologize in advance for that no problem yeah i i mean i i grew up with my parents listening to obviously songs from the 60s and i think at the time i want to say I don't know, like when Magic 104 came along, but I remember growing up and listening to a lot of Dick Biondi. And then, <laughs> you know, then he went to B96. So, like, they had this old school DJ yeah, yeah. Uh, that came to B96, which was just 
like I think he did the morning show. It was pretty funny, yeah. but you know, I can remember listening to a lot. I mean, the Beatles don't like none of the groups that you named. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I admire the Beatles for what they did and what they accomplished. And 100%. I actually, I think they're genius. I think they're absolutely geniuses. I think Paul McCartney, John Lennon, George Harrison, Ringo Starr, they're just, I think they're geniuses. So yeah, well they changed the world. Yeah, absolutely. And my, my, like, I can't stand the police Sting in particular. I just yeah, I know I, that. I, I can't stand that guy. Um, Dave Matthews Band, I think, is just awful. In yeah, I don't in get many many ways. Uh, and um, I think I just saw something the other day that he's the largest grossing performer of all time. Yeah. And I don't get it. Like, I know people who are like, like they, they follow Dave Matthews, like people follow the dead and fish fish is another, it's those jam bands, yeah. right? The jam, the jam yeah. bands have those. I mean, cause all they do is tour, right? Yeah. I mean, they put out albums, a lot but, of garbage bags. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it, yeah. And then the, I don't know like who the third one is, but like the, Another one that I don't like that's probably more controversial is I, I don't really like David Bowie. I mean, I'll listen to some, but it's not my not my favorite. I think you have to be, and I always consider myself a big David Bowie fan, but I'm probably a big David Bowie fan to like 10% of his music. I think you really have to be... Ziggy Stardust only? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> is um <laughs> like Scotty is really into music and very knowledgeable about new I have I think you have to be <clears throat> able to take a super deep dive in the music and understand it to appreciate Bowie. Yeah, that that could be and and maybe it's just like he's just a kind of person that I look at and go I don't know about that guy. You know, so maybe <laughs> maybe it taints it for me. Could be. Um but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I, I don't listen to a ton of music anyway, anymore. Yeah, I don't, uh, you know, the other day when nobody was home and I had to clean up the kitchen, like before Gretchen and Michaela got back from their trip to Disneyland or Disney world, sorry. Uh, I had to, I was like, oh, I'll put on some music instead of a podcast for once. And I played. NWA and Easy E songs. So, I mean, I'm I'm a 51 year old middle aged white guy playing, you know, hardcore yeah. rap from the 80s and 90s. So, but anyway, you enjoy what you enjoy. Music is controversial. Yes, and one of my greatest dad moments is when. Braden can sing word for word with NWA songs. Nice. Because I love that, right? And and I don't we live in uh you know, I'm 12 miles outside of Baltimore. So like hip hop rap, and I think it is anywhere you live, but it is huge here. And Braden and all his friends, they they can I don't even know. If he could tell you a hundred artists, I don't know a hundred a hundred of them, and he knows all the words. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. But I do like 
that he can repeat all that stuff. I, I think my one of my proudest parenting moments, I'm sure I've mentioned this on the show at some point, when Michaela was about two, when I say, when we get in the car and I say, buckle up, buckle in, she says, let me begin. I came to win. Battle me. That's a sin. And to this day, she says that. So that right there, that is good parenting, people. Very good parenting. That's awesome. So anyway. And well, speaking I, of her. Yeah. I got to tell you, you know I'm a Disney fan. But seeing the pictures with Gre- of her and Gretchen at Disney just brought me so much joy. Oh, like it's awesome. not an easy trip. It's super expensive, but she's at that perfect age where everything, and I've never met her, but my looking at these pictures is everything wonderful and magical about Disney. She was in that perfect age to just be so in the moment and enjoy that trip. And I'm so like every morning I would look at uh, Gretchen's photos dump and it just made me so happy to see her in that moment experiencing Disney. And she, like, if I took Braden there now, he'd be like, oh, this is the worst place ever. <laughs> but she was just in that, like, magical age where Disney is what Disney is. And it was so cool to see. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I I don't know if she'll ever get tired of Disney. There's a lot of big Disney people in my family, my mom, mm-hmm. my sister, my sister-in-law, Sarah, and her, um, my goddaughter, uh, and niece, Claire, like they, they love it. Like love it. It's yeah, a yeah. big deal. You know, Claire's going in, you know, she's going to be a freshman in high school. She hasn't lost any of the magic of, of what you get there. And for Michaela and Gretchen, this was a huge deal because Gretchen doesn't take time off work. She right. time off work. And, yeah, I wish we could record and kind of talk about this, but she's got to get right back to work. You know, she took mm-hmm. that time though with Michaela and really shut it down to be together. Uh, yeah. Outside of some, you know, maybe at night or something, but during the day when they're in that park, and it was not an easy trip, like in terms of the weather, it was as always extremely hot. Mm-hmm. But there was also those freak storms, those thunderstorms you get, and Michaela didn't complain mm-hmm. once. You know, she maybe got tired one day. Their plane coming back. I have to yeah. tell you, man, I I don't understand Midway Airport the the way that I understood O'Hare. Mm-hmm. And they are so short staffed in in the in these airports that they can't do any of the things that made it much more efficient than back mm-hmm. in the day. So way back, right, we can all remember when you would go to the airport and you were picking somebody up, you'd get there and you'd park right there (laughs) at the gate or at the doors where they're coming out and you'd wait. However long that was, five minutes, an hour, it didn't matter. You weren't moving, right? And then they got smart and said, no, 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 no. We're going to put in this cell phone lot, what they call cell phone lot. We're going to have cops there to move traffic along. Even if that's, if they're just working for, Midway as uh, it, yeah, yeah. not any authority outside of that, right? To move you along, they don't have anybody doing that. And their plane was delayed. So I wasn't getting, they sat on the tarmac for an hour from about midnight to one in the morning. 
Mm. Michaela never complained. And I was going nuts, right? Because, <laughs> you know, I get there. I'm waiting and waiting and waiting. It's fine. Well, then I don't know what happens on Cicero Avenue, but it's like all the muscle cars and the kids hanging out the windows of the muscle cars. And like when we were kids and we would cruise, it was a slow cruise because yeah, yeah. you wanted to check people out and talk through, you know, car to car. And these cars, though, they're going 100 to 150 miles an hour on Cicero when people mm-hmm. are just trying to leave the airport and it loud. It was I can't believe the display that I saw. And it's look, people are people. I get it from a cultural standpoint. I'm not going to understand it. I'm not beating that up. I'm beating yeah, it up no, from a safety standpoint. Yeah, right? it's a big thing around here. Like it shuts down cities it, it's, around here. It's really bad. I mean, it's not we're mm-hmm. not living in the fast and the furious here. Like, but again, <laughs> Chicago police, short staffed, what are they gonna do about it? Right? Yeah. I mean, and they're going so fast, you're never gonna catch them anyway. It, it's mm-hmm. It was day. I've never seen anything like it before. Like in terms of the airport, like it's Cicero Avenue in front of the airport. And I, my guess is that they want to do, do it there because the cars are loud and with the buildings it echoes. So it's even louder. Right. Mm -hmm. But man, I was, I was scared because when you leave, you know, so first of all, everybody's parked now because there's nobody to tell them to move. So it was parked all the way across. You could barely move to get it or out. And so it was absolutely horrendous. We finally get in and we got lucky. They had done a done a pass come, going the way that we needed to go, which was down um, going up Cicero back to 55. So mm-hmm. we missed the pass. But right before that, I mean, I saw people getting barely missed because they are, if you're just, driving you're like what am i supposed to do yeah. you know you have no idea so anyway yeah i can't wait to come home now pete yeah yeah well i mean that's my middle-aged guy like semi rant for the day so at least i wasn't mm-hmm. yelling at him to get off my lawn that's yeah I, I consider that a victory at this point yeah those rallies are big here they're uh they do it a lot at the beach in ocean city and uh like the different suburbs outside of dc and it shuts areas down all the time. It's nuts. Yeah, I have a feeling that this is a normal weekend, every weekend thing that they do. Yeah. And I mean, but watching cars going 100 miles an hour with kids laying back out the window <laughs> and just doing a sit up to just barely miss a car. I mean, they're going to misjudge that one of these days. Nope. You know, an ab's going to get pulled and they're going to get the cap. Probably every day. It's really, really nasty. So anyway, um, enough of my soapbox, I guess. Well, you have lots of updates. Your 15 miler, your hiking, Fiona, Waffle House. I know. I know. I mean, we've we've got a lot going on. It's going to be a four hour show of just Pete. <laughs> Heck no. We're going to summarize a lot. <laughs> <laughs> the summary is I have not had a good run in quite a long time. It is so miserable. Oh, wait, my rants are not done. I'm going to continue to be a curmudgeon because now I'm going <laughs> to bitch about the weather. Yeah. So, What's the dew point? Yeah. The dew point is the devil. 
when the dew point is over 65, it's it's just unbearable for everybody. Especially, I'm going to just go with me. You Fat in a 75 degree dew point is yeah. just awful. I don't care what temperature it is. Pete, I'm not running and it's disgusting outside. Right? And I hate every minute. I cannot wait for winter. Uh, <laughs> it is horrible. Yeah. I mean, that 15 mile, I think it took me, it might have taken me three and a half hours. I mean, it took me forever to get that thing yeah. done. I couldn't, and, and it was one of those where every single step was an effort for 15 <laughs> miles. Because of the heat, dew point, the, humidity, yeah. all that. I That, and I hadn't. I, I don't, I can't remember exactly all the, oh wait, that was right before, so that was the day after I had picked them up, maybe? That seems right. So I think I did that 15, right, the next day after I picked them up. So I mean, we didn't get home till two in the morning, barely slept, you know, I had eaten because I'm not used to being up that late and I'm like, well, I'm never going to go to sleep. And so when I'm, I'm finding that I need to start my run uh, more or less fasted, not, I, I mm-hmm. can't have eaten a ton before it. And I think just eating late through all that rhythm off of my body too. So like I was tired, it was awful weather. You just get out there and you do it. Right. And I, w- so the good news is I wasn't in pain. Mm-hmm. So I got it done. Good uh, deal. And then so the all but the runs leading up to that weren't weren't great either, right? So, you know, in the two weeks, I, I don't think I've had a good run in, in two weeks. So But you've had two weeks of runs. But I all but one. So then after the fifteen miler, Daniel and I traveled to Cincinnati for some time together, which was unbelievable. We didn't turn on the radio or a podcast or a song for the entire five hour ish drive from Washington to Cincinnati, mm-hmm. uh, Washington, Illinois to Cincinnati. And we just talked and that, love it. I mean, you can't beat that. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. getting your 18 year old to talk to you for five minutes is amazing yeah. for five hours is crazy. And it was, yeah, it was really cool. And we talked about a lot of deep stuff and, you know, not a lot of college, but some, but just learned a lot about him, you know, um, nice. And how, you know, stuff that he's just a, he plays everything kind of close to the chest, right? Like he's not a, is it close to the best or close to the chest? I don't know what that saying is now that I think about I it. I don't know. It's one of the two, I think. Uh, but he doesn't, he's not real forthcoming with information, which again, I don't think is unusual for teenagers uh, outside of social media. And I don't, he, he, he might be on Twitter or something, but he's not a big social yeah. media guy, right? So anyway, that was amazing. And then when we got there, we we kind of just had our Monday. Uh, I, that's a day off for me anyway. Tuesday, we we're supposed to. I was supposed to run four miles. Instead, Daniel and I hiked over six miles, and mm-hmm. some really beautiful trails on the east in the East Fork State Park, and we really had a good time there. And I didn't, I, I thought about getting in the run still, but it was really, really hot and sticky. 
Yeah, time on your feet is time on your feet. Yeah, it, actually, when we got there on Monday, we took a walk just around the neighborhood we were staying in uh, near the hotel, and it, it was really a cool area. It had their art museum, and there's these massive steps going up. I've got some, mm-hmm. some pictures. I, I haven't posted them, but the, the really good steps going up, and then a really neat park, and just a lot of good things to see. And one of them was like this, uh, there was a lot of hills, way more hilly than I expected. Like for me, it was quite hilly. So mm-hmm. I was thinking about my run and I knew what I wanted to do. But Daniel actually woke up pretty early on Tuesday. So that's why we went, you know, hiking right away. And then I thought, well, maybe I'll run after. And I probably could have. But instead, we called an audible and went to the Cincinnati Zoo Great call. I love that. And just walked around and got to see Fiona, the, the hippo, who's pretty did famous. Did you see the baby? We did not. We The baby was born right after we left, or right as, I think, right after we left. Yeah, um, well, they're inside, too. Yeah. Yeah. I think so, it was two weeks. Yeah. So we, we really enjoyed that zoo and walked around there for another, you know, five-ish miles. Mm-hmm. So even though I didn't do my run, I was on my feet a long time that day. So I didn't feel bad about not getting the run in. Uh, Had I known Daniel was going to wake up as early as he did, I would have (laughs) just gone for the run probably half an hour before my plan. And then he would have gotten up and I would have gotten home and we would have just gone, right? Because I wouldn't need need to shower. I had my dry seats. Shout out to TJM for teaching us about dry seats uh there you go I, I need to get those football seasons yeah i i had That'd i have two of them and him. obviously came in real handy after the uh uh so dry seats for people that don't know it's it's just this material it's made out of this material that that protects your seats from getting all sweated up and you can wash them and it's they're really handy instead of just putting down a towel which just basically absorbs the sweat. This kind of repels it and and keeps things kind of nice. And it didn't stink in there, which is amazing, considering <laughs> you had two pretty big dudes, you know, going for six yeah. milers. Uh, so yeah, so we we did that, and then we hit a barbecue joint. We hit pizza the first night. Their kind of regional pizza, which I mean, anytime somebody wants to learn about pizza that lives in Cincinnati, I invite you over to Chicago. We can we can learn you. It was okay. It's pizza. Um, yeah. But then there's a, a place called Eli's Barbecue that we went on Tuesday that I really – I've wanted to try since they opened, I want to say maybe 10 years ago or so. And I've heard really good stuff about it. And so we went there. And Daniel's kind of a picky eater. Uh, big, big-time cluckitarian. He, he likes to yeah. eat a lot of chicken but doesn't eat a lot of other stuff. But he does like pulled pork. Yeah. He got a pulled pork sandwich, but he said, hey, I, I was thinking about trying a rib. And I had gotten <laughs> enough bones. You know, they're, they're spare ribs, right? So they're bigger. Yeah, yeah. So you order by, you know, two bones, four bones, six bones. I ordered six. And I said, here, try one. And I got a picture of my 18-year-old for the first time in his life trying a <laughs> rib. And he loved it. So <laughs> That made me laugh. That was, that was good. Uh, so, yeah. So we had that and um, really just enjoyed that. And then on Wednesday I got up and I went for my run, which was 
six miles and I knew with those hills I'm in trouble <laughs> and it was a it was a struggle getting that first mile in because it was basically Did you just walk the hill you had to go uphill I did the best I could you know mm-hmm. my pace was almost right now Dave honestly I'm not worrying about pace unless yeah. there's something in the plan that says hey hit this pace if it's easy pace I'm just moving because I have no mm-hmm. way of judging if I'm doing well or not at this point with with the weather and the you know right, the, right. The humidity. So on our walk on Monday, we had found this kind of uh, I don't know fountain or pond, you know, that was above ground and had a ton of geese. And I'm like, well, that's a flat area. So maybe I'll run around that and then kind of up this other thing that doesn't look like it's real steep. And then I'll just kind of do laps. It was steeper than I re- than I had thought when we were first walking it. <laughs> so I ended up just getting to the fountain, which took me a mile or maybe a little over a mile. Uh, and then I just ran laps around this thing, which was about 0.3. And I got to tell mm-hmm. you, there was many times in there where I told myself, <laughs> same as the 15 miler. I'm just going to stop. Like, what am I, what am I doing? Right? Like it is miserable. Every step, all of it though, I gutted out. And at this point I looked at it as mental training because you're going to feel like that in a race, in a marathon, just honestly in life, you're going to feel like that. So getting some of that mental toughness up is a big deal for me. And I will, I will say, in the past, I would have just stopped. Yeah. So I, I kept going and did it and, you know, got home and kept doing my runs. And then this last weekend, so we, we drove back. It was, it was awesome. We went to Waffle House because we don't get Waffle House where we live. Yeah. Did you get any chili? I didn't. I mean, I just got, I love, I, I got a waffle. Mm-hmm. I got like whatever the thing is, the eggs and the waffle and yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the whole hash browns and smothered and covered and you know, all that. Yeah, I didn't know if you did that uh skyline chili. Oh, the skyline chili. No, because Dean, I don't know what I don't know. I guess we could have tried to go. I mean, I've had Skyline in the past. It's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it's again When in Rome. It's it's yeah, that's how I see thing, it. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go back. because Oh, the last thing that we did before we left actually was really cool. We went to the National Underground Railroad Center mm-hmm. and learned. So I bought a family pass because it wasn't that much more. And I'm like, I got to come back here because Daniel and I, in two hours, got through maybe less than a quarter of the museum, I'd say. Because I'm the type that I like history. So I'm going to – you put up a plaque. I'm going to read it. Oh, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> I'm a fairly quick reader, but this thing was so dense with information and, you know, it's a part of history that I, I sadly just don't know enough about in my mind. And Daniel said the same thing. He's like, you know, we just don't mm-hmm. talk about this. Like you get a cursory, you know, that the underground railroad existed. Right. But what was that exactly? Right. And how did it work? How did they coordinate? How did they, you know, what are the things that led to this? All that, um, which we know some, obviously, slavery, racism, right? But we don't know how it gets to people helping, right? 
And so this was a really good way of learning a lot of that information. So we did that before we headed out of town on, on Wednesday and then, uh, got home, resumed my, my running. It didn't get any better. And it culminated in yesterday, a 12 miler where, um, me and animals, I I don't know why (laughs) it's just a constant problem for me, but you know, somebody in their front yard with their two dogs, one of which was a German shepherd and not on a leash, not an electric fence. The owner's not paying attention. Matter of fact, I don't even think the owner was outside with him. Yeah. And the German shepherd charged me. And I don't care if that German shepherd's 20 feet away or 10 feet away or two feet away. If it's running at me, I'm going to stop, you know, I had the wherewithal mm-hmm. to at least stop my watch and I waited. I finally saw the owner and said, you know, after a minute, like I figured she would figure it out, right? The dog is like yeah, no. staring daggers at me and it's a German shepherd. Like, yeah, yeah. Not, I don't know this German shepherd, right? So I'm not going to run by it because I will lose that battle every time, even if I'm yeah. at my peak fitness, right? So um, right. I finally just asked, hey, you know, could you please secure your dog? And boy, did she go off on me. I mean, F-bombing me, calling me every name in the book, telling me I'm an idiot for not opening my mouth. You're just standing there like a moron. I'm like, you know, so I took it, you know, for a minute and then let her have it back because I'm like, that's crap. Like, secure your dog. And... um you know, and then her husband comes out and yells at me and I'm like, you know, I, I don't know what to tell you guys. That German shepherd bites me. I'm going to own that. The dog's going to be dead and I'm going to own your house. Like, yeah, it, it, that's if I live or else my wife's going to own your house. Like, <laughs> like I'm trying to help you. Yeah. But just, and I was super polite about it, you know? I know I can be abrasive, so I'm super careful about that stuff. Plus, yeah. she has an attack dog sitting right there. No, it's probably well-trained, yeah. and it was probably wanted to be playful. It, that's probably the case. But how do you know but I have no clue, right? And right. I have to go near that house again, and I was near it, and I told the guy, or the guy said to me he was going to look at his ring footage or something. I'm like, please. And I kind of ran by close enough and he just, he just raised his head, said, hand and said, sorry about that. Like, yeah, but here was the problem. I was so shook. Didn't restart the watch. That's the real tragedy of this whole thing. <laughs> so if you look at my Strava, it's missing a mile and a half segment and it's all broken up into segments, right? Because now I don't have my yeah. watch to tell me what I'm supposed to be doing, which means that I'm completely a slave to technology at this point. Uh, so anyway, I, I knew I was supposed to go six miles. I, I know I run these routes, right? This is my neighborhood. So I knew approximately how far I ran when I realized like, geez, this thing should have beeped at least once. And it, it didn't. Mm -hmm. So I went, Oh boy, oh boy. And I think I actually ran about 1.6, maybe 1.7 even, but I put it in Garmin as 1.5, but that does it because it's a manual activity doesn't go to Strava, right? Because right, right. marathon. But you can put manual in Strava. I'm, I'm not. I, I, it doesn't transfer from like Garmin to Strava if you do a manual. 
I guess. Yeah. It's not in there. So maybe it does. I don't know. It's not in there. That's all I could tell you. So <laughs> I did another mile and a half. So anyway, I had a six mile warm up, warm up, six miles to warm up. And then I was supposed to do three miles at like 1230 pace. So I just kept mm-hmm. dropping my watch knowing when the intervals were supposed to be right. And, and then I did the three miles and I sucked it up in this weather and for me laid the hammer down for somebody else. It might've been a soft snack cake that they laid down. And, uh, I did the three miles at pace. I think I did like 1220 or something for them. Uh, awesome. And then finished up any very, but that crushed me the last three miles. I had to walk the last, a bunch of the last two. It was just so, so brutal. Um, but I came out of it tougher. I mean, I, I will say yeah. I've done these runs and I've come out of it tougher and more and more. I just think about the next run, but I will say for the first time over these last couple of weeks, the doubt crept in. Am I going to be able to even finish this marathon? I, ju- I was just going to ask you where you were on that. It, it, but I, I think that first fall run, like in mid-September, like in the set when it drops, and Chicago, when I ran Chicago, it was the second hottest that race ever it was. So who knows what can happen? I mean, it might snow yeah. in October. You never know. Yeah. But uh, that was my next question is where you're at. Yeah, there was um, there was that. Mentally on that. Yeah, there was that, that initial, you know, it happened. But I quickly kind of got back to this is a process and that's a day. It's just another run for me right now. And I'll worry about it when it gets here. So in the meantime, sure. I've got to just keep putting that out of my mind and worry about the four miles I have to run tomorrow. That's, that's yeah. All I, I mean, and you're nine weeks out and you just, I'll say it, you just crushed a 15 miler. I mean, cause getting through it mentally is just as hard as getting through it physically. Yeah. And, and to be able to push through that without like, you're not trying to push yourself through an injury. Right. You're pushing yourself mentally, and that's that's as much that's the same exercise to me as if you were squatting two hundred pounds. You're building that mental muscle to push through the wall. Right. October 9th. Yeah, absolutely. And and I will say that I, the there is one area which is the one I'm all I, everybody struggles with. And I continue to, but it's fueling on the run and the balance Mm -hmm. of getting enough calories, but not too many, getting enough electrolytes, getting the water. I'm just not dialed in and I got nine weeks to figure that out. The good news is in the next few weeks, I've got some big runs coming up. You know, I've got, Mm -hmm. I've got 16 this weekend uh, coming up. That's, that's a big run, no matter how you slice it. Right. And then. A couple weeks, I think, after that, I've got an 18. I've got a race September 10th, so just a month out from that. I, I got a lot on my plate with two months to go here. Yeah. And there's, I will be ready. And I just want to be ready the right, like with everything, not just fitness and mindset, but I'm ready with nutrition because I want to walk out of there. 
yes, I'm going to be sore. It's 26.2 miles that you just did, right? Yeah, yeah, But yeah. I want to get out of there feeling as good as possible so that we can go about the day, you know, and do yeah. things, not just have to, you know, moan in agony in a hotel room. So, <laughs> yeah, waddle back to the right. L. <laughs> anyway, so I've talked a ton here for like 25 minutes. To which I need to apologize to everyone, especially Kevin and Rob. I'm sure that drove you. That was nuts. good updates, though. You have stuff to update, and that was a good conversation with Rob. Thank too. you. Yeah, I, I, I always it's always fun talking to him. There's a lot more to come with that too. Yeah, good. So what's going on with you besides the COVID cough not not going away? <laughs> oh man, you know what? I don't I don't know what it is, and when I laugh, it's worse. But I feel great. I just, if I talk too much, I get that little uh, lump in my throat. <laughs> like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I like your update. So uh, I just had, I, I feel great. I'm getting my wind back slowly but surely. I'm not as tired as I, as I have been. And uh, I just have this stupid nagging cough, <clears throat> which I'm trying to drink some water and Took some cough drops before this, but obviously it didn't help. But my only update or biggest update is um, that I went back to square one. And when we started this um, conversation and podcast, you and I spent a lot of talk uh, and had a lot of discussion on alcohol. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't remember, I think it was on the score. Uh, sports radio. There used to be the segment "Who You Crapping." Yeah, remember that? Yep. Well, while Bra Braden has been away, and I've had this uh, moment of uh, I'm going to be an empty nester soon enough, and uh, as I can continue to grow and mature since this whole process started, is I really had a "Who You Crapping" moment with myself, and. Um, when having a conversation with Farika on why my eating is so messed up, why my sleep is so messed up, why my anxiety is through the roof, my depression is through the roof, all these things, I can go down a list of probably 20 different things. The common denominator through all of it is alcohol. And I probably have uh, a much bigger alcohol issue than I've led on uh, to myself to believe or led on to others to believe. Uh, so uh, I really went back to square one and just quit, signed up for a program and uh, and making the priority to fixing the booze issue. And uh, today's day eight of no alcohol. And uh, I've really been um, not worrying about anything else because until I fix that, then uh, a lot of everything else is for not, and uh, I'm sleeping better, and I I feel uh, much better, but um, there's probably a much longer journey through this. So I did join a a, a program, not a uh, like a Alcoholics Anonymous program, but I did join uh, something that um, helped me get through that every day, and I, I initially signed up for a 90 day program. And then uh, I'll probably extend it to six months and just do it in um, smaller chunks. What kind of program is it? And uh, 
Now, it's called One Year No Beer. It's based out of England. And um, it's it's kind of like the book we read. It's kind of re... Its purpose is to redefine you, your relationship with alcohol. And there's online um, group coaching. There's online like individual coaching. Uh, there's podcasts associated with like daily readings, daily videos, uh, and all that stuff. And it, when I um, when I quit before, it was a big help to me. So uh, I went back to that, and um, that's where I'm at. Is there but, like uh, a you know, is there like group? Like, is there support like within there? Are you talking to others within that community? Or is there's, it all on you? On, there's both. If I want it to be all on me, I can just do like the daily readings and daily support that they write out. Like, uh, so I get something every day in the morning. You can do group online coach, like coaching through like a group Zoom meeting. Or you can take it to a um, uh, like the the highest level, which is like a one-on-one direct coaching. And for right now, I'm just um, doing my like daily, like watch the video, do the readings, write, do the journaling, and all that stuff associated with it. So is it easier for you to try to do this on your own? Like, I guess where I'm trying to figure out like it seems to me that the success of things like AA right are more the community aspect of it than like it's mm-hmm. not all on your shoulders like are you putting too much pressure on yourself I don't I don't know right now I don't feel any pressure I think it's just like hey like you could ignore you you could ignore or you can, I, I can be going through all this stuff and trying to figure it all out when the common denominator is until I fix this, right? There's a great sense of relief, of admittance mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to myself and, um, and not really being on. I don't think I've been honest with anyone, worst of all me. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So um, I think there's a, there's a, a huge sense of relief just knowing that you're acknowledging that there's an issue the scale of the issue i don't know but i think in time that's what will develop and then uh, i signed up for a um <coughs> a uh, coaching program of a uh oh god what's his name galloway it's like a uh it's a Disney group, but I, I'm doing it virtually. And you get some um, workout. You get exercises and the Galloway program for any race that um, Disney is, is offering. So that starts for me September 1st. And uh, I wanted to give myself a good uh, two weeks of not drinking before I really try and figure out anything yeah. else. And um, uh, I've been looking into like... Farrakh and I was, or Farrakh was laughing at me yesterday because you really get the weight issue is really beginning to bother me. And uh, a large part of that is from alcohol and binge eating, right? Who am I kidding? But um, I really, I was looking at home delivered like meal prep and stuff. And it's 
so expensive. And she's like, you're a fool because you could literally do that in five minutes. Yeah. Right. So you could, um, you could make your own business doing that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and everyone tells me that every day. So it's just kind of more like um, revelations and the truth coming out to myself of how much destruction that alcohol and i guess that we've discussed this that the the definition of an alcoholic and scotty talked about this the other day is how it affects your yeah. life right and it's truly just i don't want to say destroying but probably if i had a bigger vocabulary i could find a better word but uh it's really sabotaging and destroying everything that i'm trying to accomplish and now that brain is gone um Thank God he come. I really miss my kid, but uh, it really made me realize that soon he'll be in high school and soon he'll be going away. And I, for me, don't want to spend those years sitting on the couch drinking a half a bottle or more of vodka a day. And it really is. Um, I, I've, I'm at that point. Yeah, you know? I, I mean, I, I I love that you're confronting this again and trying to be more honest with yourself, right? Because I think the thing about alcohol is it doesn't necessarily need to get to the point of destroying something and it may be destroying parts of your life, right? But it just makes life mm -hmm. suboptimal at times, right? Like it, it just makes it so that I can't do what I want to do right now, whether that's, it keeps you from everything. Yeah. And so I, Right. I, I hear you on that. I mean, the other night we were out and we had some Mexican food out. That's what Gretchen wanted to grab when they first kind of got back. And, uh, you know, she ordered a jalapeno margarita and I'm like, damn, that sounds really good. Right. But yeah. I knew I had to get up and run the next day. And even one drink impacts my runs way more than mm -hmm. I'm willing to let it. So I didn't have any, I didn't even have a sip of hers. Right. Cause I don't want, the temptation of it. And yeah, yeah. By no means do I think that I am an alcoholic because it doesn't, it's not impacting my life day to day. But then I start thinking, well, it doesn't really have to be day to day. It could be just every time you drink it. Just it just has to impact right? your life. So, and I, and I don't, and I'm not going to put a label on myself or anybody else. But I like the fact that you're addressing it, especially while. Bray is out of town because you put a lot of your time and energy into Bray, his activities, the things that surround his activities, because you find them interesting, right? So you mm -hmm. don't only know Bray's stats for shot put, but you know other kids in the area and you know what records there are. And eventually that's going to stop, right? Now what do yeah. you do? And that Dave doesn't have... Dave to fall back on and everything in life is about Braden. Now I'm not saying you don't put your kid up there. Right. But if everything's right, right. only about him, alcohol is a really alcohol and food are the things that we're going to fall back on. Right. <laughs> because we have this pain and hole that uh, you got to fill somehow. So you got to numb it. And yeah, that's the and, only stuff that does it for us. And I, I, I probably can say, <clears throat> with all honesty, 
that if Bray didn't go away this year, that I probably wouldn't be at this place, right? And Bray going away and me really having that moment of who am I when Bray's not here? Is the fat guy sitting on the couch sucking down a lot of booze, right? It's not, it is not uncommon for me to go through three bottles of vodka a week, right? And now who am I, right? I, Farrakh and I are, will be 20 years together. I have a great marriage. I have a great relationship with my kid. I've got a great village and slowly by not acknowledging it, everything that I've tried to accomplish I'm washing it away by drinking, right? We're <coughs> when did we twenty weeks? Did we start this twenty two weeks? Well, we're at chapter twenty four. So I mean, and we missed a, a okay. few. So it, this must be. I mean, it's over six months now. Yeah. So six months, and I've accomplished zero. And if you look at why I've accomplished zero, it's a it's a simple word, what? right? So until it, it got to the, it was, it was, I was able to clearly see the effects that it's having on me on a daily basis. And that's the priority. So today's day. Well, if, if nothing else comes from the time doing this, but you figure out how to balance your life better and what it, whatever it takes to do that. I, mm -hmm. I mean, to me, that's a victory, right? And when you have catalysts like Bray being gone, I mean, they, it's, it's a lot easier to get clarity, right? Cause you've taken away a main factor of why you'll kind of go through life with blinders, if you will. Right. And you could be dishonest with yourself as long as your kid's doing great. So yeah, if he's it, not around, it was not. It's yeah, and my drinking is not. And I say this, but I don't truly a hundred percent know it. But my drinking is not affecting anyone else around me, right? I don't have marriage problems. I'm not fighting with my kids. I didn't get fired from a job. You know what I'm saying? I'm not stealing. Does it? Ha <laughs> but how much better could life Sorry. be? Right. That's the point. That's what I'm trying to get. Like, I might not be sabotaging my relationship with Braden, but how much better could my relationship with Farica be, with my friends be, with Braden be, if I'm maybe the reason why I, I'm so unhappy with myself is because of my actions that I'm doing every day to sabotage myself, i.e., drinking and not losing the weight and gaining all that weight back. There's probably the, the flip side of admitting it, conquering the alcohol day by day is now I get to feel a little bit better about myself every day. And when you feel a little bit better about yourself and you sleep eight hours a night, then you're like, let me get out the door. Right. Right. And then you start walking a little bit. 
But if I never if I if I had never acknowledged and accepted the fact that drinking a half a bottle of vodka a day and two highball cans of bourbon and seltzer is probably not typical and there might be an issue with that. And I don't really need a label for that to be like, hey, moron, there's an effing yeah. problem with yeah. that. Right? And brain going away. And uh, and so he's been gone two weeks and today's day eight. So <laughs> do the math on how long it took me to be like, who is this guy that I can't stand sitting on the yeah. couch? Well, I mean, frankly, it's pretty quick to figure that out. So, I mean, it's not... Not that bad. I mean, you. It, it, a lot of people go through much worse, and their rock bottom looks a lot different. Yours is yours is a yeah. pretty good one right now, right? And if if, if, yeah, if that's where it. you hit, right? And nobody knows that until they they figure out a path. Um, you know, the one the I guess there's two quick things that I'm not telling you at all that you're doing things in a in like incorrectly or my way would be different. I've really tried, like part of my journey here has been really trying to keep an open mind about stuff. And you said mm -hmm. something earlier that I've caught myself saying, and that was when I quit before this helped me. Well, it couldn't have helped enough. So I'm not saying don't do the program, but it sounds like you did right, this right. and you did it kind of on your own. Just keep an open mind to that. Maybe community is, or finding even a group on Facebook or, you know, talk, talking to other people, you know, with similar mm -hmm. issues could potentially help you on that journey. Don't put everything on your own shoulders because I think that's part of how you got here to begin with. So just keep that open right. mind um, about talking to people. I mean, you're doing it here, right? But I, I mean, mm -hmm. more day to day, not when we can get I know together. <laughs> Um, cause I think you've, I think you're going to drop weight just, just by not having alcohol, you know, cause you're going to get more clarity of mind and realize like, yeah, I do want to eat that meal that I just prepared for Bray or for Farica, And you're not going to have to prepare 30 yeah. meals, right? You'll, you'll be able to prepare less. And Farrakh and I have been eating the same thing every go. day for the last week or nice. so. So, I mean, I think that's big. Little bit, little that's bit. big. Yeah. I mean, weight's been big for me. I, I, in this weather, you, you realize it a lot more and, and we've made a food plan, like a, a bigger commitment to eat way more in, you know, starting now <laughs> and mm -hmm. went to the store. We, we went to that Amazon fresh where you walk in, scan your phone and then you shop and then you scan your phone and Whoa. then they send you a bill. <laughs> yeah. That's dangerous. I mean, it's it's amazing and scary at the same time. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it, it worked out fine. Uh, it worked out really well, actually, for us. But now we've got a bunch of food, and I'm like, okay, here we go. Like, so for you, it was, hey, I got to get that alcohol first. For us, it's okay. We got to stop eating out like so often. It's yeah. just too, too much. So I mean, we've got a plan, and mm -hmm. I I have. I have a weight goal. I, I always had a weight goal for, for this marathon. I don't think I can hit it now because it's just too late, but I can still lose something. And for every pound I lose, it just oh, makes, sure. it, makes it easier. And for you, as you go forward, less alcohol, a little less weight, a little more walking, you know, you've got a plan. It 
sounds like it has to do with Disney, which you're you just love. I mean, it sounds like a much better path. Yeah, than it's just two weeks ago. It's it was just an available group. Ah, gotcha. To gotcha. join, just because it's that time of year, right? Like all the Marine Corps in Chicago, they're already way yeah, through only a few weeks left. Their yeah. programming. So, Marine Corps was it was just an easy group. It's Galloway, and um, there's like weekly Zoom meetings. I don't know if I'll do the Zoom meetings. You and I are kind of similar in that kind yeah. of sense. And I, I really, I'm hoping in some way that in some, in some way, the excuses won't be as easy to make now that there's, you're not hiding behind the alcohol. You know what I'm saying? Like it's Saturday morning and uh, I can go out to the bagel run and I'm, and I'm not waking up in a stupor saying, ah, I'm not going to the bagel run today. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that um, in help in other ways that those walls will keep crumbling and uh, easier to tackle now that I'm not hiding behind Tito's yeah. anymore. No disrespect to Tito's. Yeah, it's, a, but. It's, a, it's, a fine, <laughs> it's a fine vodka. Um, all right. Well, that's huge stuff. I, I had a few more things I wanted to bring up and both around walking, believe it or not. So there's this uh, meta study, I think they call them meta studies, whatever they call it, where they take all these studies and then they look at all of them and then find, mm-hmm. hey, is there commonality between them all? And it was this big meta study that was done around walking after you eat. And how the health benefits are massive for almost as close to zero effort as you can give. So if you go for as little as a two-minute walk, 30 to 60 minutes after you eat, you will see health benefits like keeping blood sugars down. Blood sugars Mm -hmm. stayed way more even when people did that versus not walking. They said, it, make sure you get it in not before 90 minutes after eating. And they said anywhere from two minutes to 15 minutes does it with optimal stuff coming at five minutes to 15 minutes, it looks like. And it was in the New York Times and, and other periodicals, right, to read through. Uh, now I'm really showing my age. Periodicals. Jeez Louise. <laughs> I'm sure you could find it online is what I should be saying. On the microfish? Oh, or my microfilm. gosh. <laughs> when you get your paper tomorrow, you make sure you look. Uh, but anyway, I think that's such a – so I, it's something that I want to start incorporating. And I started thinking about – so they, they talked about how the Asian cultures kind of have always naturally done this. European cultures actually have naturally done this. We just don't do it here, right? But yeah. if you see people walking around your neighborhood – that look like, hey, maybe they came here, you know, maybe they immigrated here from another culture, you know, another country. They're walking. They're walking. Right? And yeah. I mean, how easy is that to just go for, and what a great routine. Like you eat dinner, you you put the dishes in the sink or put them in the dishwasher 
15 minutes later, you're out the door for a five minute walk together. I mean, I don't know. It seems pretty easy to me. Like this one's pretty simple. Easy to me. So I I definitely want to, wanted to bring that up. And then the other one is Scott Coomer over at 10 junk miles had an interview with adventure Colin O'Brady. Colin. And I had not listened to that, but I knew Colin was, if you don't know who he is, he's, he's an adventurer who has gone through a lot in his life. You can listen to the one, it's only an hour on TJM that Scott got with him. So it's not a typical kind of long run where he's hours and hours. Yeah. But it's, and coincident, coincident, sorry to interrupt you with that. If you like the one hour, Colin O'Brady, Rich Roll did a yep. three hour with Colin yep. and his wife, which is really Yeah, I mean, too. he's been on Rich Roll four or five times, I think. Uh, five times. This yeah, was his this fifth. Was okay, his yeah, because he's a fascinating guy. He's younger uh, than we are, you know, probably mid-30s, I would say, at this <laughs> point, 36 maybe. Um, I probably should have looked that up, but I, he's, he's younger than we are. He's, but he, he's the guy, if you saw the first person to ever cross Antarctica, that's that dude. So like he pulled a sled across Antarctica on, on yeah, the dude who was never right. going to walk again. Yeah. He burned himself in right? Thailand. Wasn't going <laughs> to walk again. Tried to become a, an Olympic caliber triathlete and ran in, you know, all this unbelievable stuff. He lived in Chicago for a while as a trader. Uh, coincidentally worked at a firm that uh, a trading house that actually Scott, Scott's good friends uh, worked at. But anyway, mm-hmm. he's written this book called the 12 hour walk. And I read that before I listened to these late latest round of interviews with him. And his other book is The Impossible First about that journey across Antarctica. This book is a lot of, um, I don't know, Colin, you know, kind of giving you his resume, if you will. It, it definitely, mm-hmm. there's that braggadocia part like, hey, I was down in the dumps at this point, but then look what happened and I overcame and I look at all the stuff I've accomplished <laughs> and you know, there is that part of it. And I know for some people that could rub you the wrong way. If it does, very simply, go to the website 12hourwalk.com because the concept is really simple. You basically, without any music or podcast or anything in your ears, you walk out your front door for 12 hours in silence. And I don't remember if he said it in the book or in an, in an interview I heard, but like have your phone with you on airplane mode, safety first, have some money in your pockets. If you want to stop and grab a meal or, you know, walk a block and sit down for an hour and then walk another block, whatever you got to do, walk. Some people are going to walk, you know, a mile during that 12 hours. And some people are going to walk 50 miles. It doesn't matter. The point being that you kind of find your big, goals and try to figure out like why you're not doing anything about them. Find your Everest mm-hmm. is the way he puts it. And then figure out your possible mindset. That's his term, um, which is a lot. I mean, again, it's not for everybody. It's a little rah-rah at times. Um, <laughs> but the the point though is really good. 
be with yourself and your thoughts yeah. for 12 hours and see how it changes you. And I'll bring a notebook with me because I want to jot things down and I don't want to type notes in my phone. Are you oh, going to do it? I'm absolutely going to do it. I don't know when. In the middle of marathon training. So this is this is kind of why I wanted to bring it up because I want to hear from, well, those who made it past an hour. Uh, I want to hear from others about their <laughs> thoughts, right? Like is me saying, hey, I'm training for a marathon. Is that just an excuse to not do this right now? Right. Or is it that's the way life is, you know, that wait till you're done. And I've thought about it. I've thought about doing it now, like soon. And I've thought about waiting till, you know, a week after the marathon and and doing it. Both, I think, are legit, but I'm definitely going to commit to doing it. Mm -hmm. They've got uh, he's got a thing like where you commit to doing it like with other because you're alone, right? But with others, right? Others are doing it the same day on September 10th. I'm running a half marathon that day, so I will not be joining them for sure. Uh, but it's, I don't know. I think it's a fascinating concept, so simple that you give yourself one day alone to figure your crap out, right? <laughs> and I've got some big things on my mind. So right now would be a really good time to do it for me. I just don't, mm -hmm. I also don't want to sabotage myself. Right. So I've got to be, sure. I've got to be careful about it. But I mean, my plan was put on a, put on a backpack with some water, a few provisions, just walk out the door and go see where, see where it ends up yeah. 12 hours later. Now Gretchen's afraid because just running three miles without headphones, I come back with 10,000 things <laughs> that I want, I have ideas for, but I don't know. Have you, I mean, I, I, I know, so you've listened to, to his interviews and I mean, what's your thought on the, on the concept and is it something that you think you would ever do? Man, you gotta, you gotta get you healthy. I gotta, I gotta finish. We're, we're going to hear it on that. I got to finish choking <laughs> first. Often. I, uh, yeah, I definitely, uh, my mother's definitely calling me <laughs> as soon as she hears this. Uh, I, I, I'm a huge Colin Brady fan. I love the idea. And um, I kind of, I would like to do it. I don't know if I have 12 hours of walking. Well, but that's not, me. you don't need to walk for 12 hours. You need to be alone for 12 right. hours. Right. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I, I would, I kind of, um, I've been, I was thinking about it more before I had this no um, alcohol revelation conversation with myself, and I haven't really thought about anything, to be honest with you, over the last week other than getting through the day and um, just clarifying and refocusing on uh, day by day. But it's, I definitely want to do it. I'd like to read. I, I haven't read the book. I'd like to read the book. And if I did it, I would like to do it more on a trail than just walking out my door because I live in a small town and any direction that I, that I go, I know. Does that make sense? So there's, it's not new to see, or I, I'd like to be, or I'd go to a different area where you could kind of explore 
and use your mind more than if I walked out. I live on Liberty Road, and Liberty Road is like a 60-mile stretch, like think Western Avenue, and I've been down both directions. So as I'm walking, I would I think I'd be more like, oh, highs is coming up next, or oh, the swimming pool is coming up next, versus me being able to really just escape and lose myself uh, in my mind. And maybe I'm just making it, making sh- now, shit up. I, so he, I mean, he addresses that a lot, right? And I mean, you could do it whatever way you want. And I thought the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. And then when I listened to him talking to Scotty on 10 Junk Miles, it changed my mind to, to just walk out the door. Yeah. And his point was, that your mind should be doing whatever your mind does day to day to then eventually it'll clear whether that's an hour in or five hours in or eight hours in it'll eventually clear and right. and the clarity will start yeah. coming and the thoughts will start coming more focused for you and versus looking at the pretty scenery and it's it's an interesting concept right to incorporate this kind of time within your own whatever five mile boundaries right or wherever mm-hmm. you go right like because i run a, I run in my subdivision all the time right there's some roads maybe i don't yeah or i rarely go down but there's few i never go down you know there's also a forest preserve close enough to me where i could just walk down the hill and go into that and i'm you know, so I do have maybe a little more variety uh, than than some, mm-hmm. but I like. I mean, I think I don't think you can go wrong doing this anywhere. Anyway, and if you look at med- and any every not any every guided meditation that I've listened to has always said to let your mind do what your mind does, and you will get those thoughts in your mind, and that. You have to think of them as like a bubble and part of the meditation growth is being able to pop that bubble and go back into you're not trying to lay there with no thought as you accept those thoughts, acknowledge the thought, pop the bubble and move on. Yeah. Bring, which I guess is the same as whether I know the road or I don't know the road is to keep walking that road. And okay, that's the that's the highs gas station. Right, right, Keep right. Going. Yeah. So I mean, I think it's a fascinating thing, and I, I'm excited to hear from others who end up doing it. You know, I, I would yeah. love. Well, I'll definitely listen to Scotty's podcast. With, yeah, with that one, and I haven't gotten through all the yeah. retro ones. Yeah, I mean, with so. with with Scotty, it was just an hour, and it was very focused and in. And quick for Scott, right? Like, wasn't the t- typical deep dive, but definitely want to listen to one with with Colin and his wife on on ritual. So, anyway, that's that's. I wanted to just bring those things up, and I hope next week I'm I'm talking about a little bit better runs and maybe the food plan a little bit deeper and what's working and what's not. Hearing about your your updates with how things are going with <laughs> with a one year no beer program yeah. and. And uh, Bray will be returning in a week. So I'm sure that'll put life back to normal for you in a way, right? So, yeah. 
Yeah, we pick them up Sunday, and we're we're yeah. rolling on Monday. Oh, are you rolling <laughs> to here? Oh, oh, no, no, no. We just oh. football starts. School's right around the corner. Got it. Lifting, throwing, like our normal. Got it. Got it. Got it. I, I I knew that you had planned to come to Chicago at some point. I didn't remember when. Three. Yeah, three weeks. Nice. We'll be home in three weeks. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Guess we're wrapping it up then. All right. You've there been you listening. Go. Good yeah, talk as too. always. Been listening to episode 154 of the Fat Man Chronicles, chapter 24 of FMC Runs Chicago. The music is You Got Me Wrong by Safar. Dave and I are not difficult to find, so reach out anytime. And <laughs> I really want to just say this. It, it kind of came up with, with the quote, and it did relate to Dave. It's never too late to start. It's never lo- too late to try. And you are never, ever alone in the journey. So keep that in mind. We're always here to listen if we can lend an ear to. Other than that, everyone get out there and be better today.